Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Davey, and we're your hosts. And today is the last episode of the Singleness series. This has been a great I series. I love this series. This has been so phenomenal. Good. I've been going back and re-listening to them. Just, you know, like, I, man, this is just yeah. good content. This is great stuff. I'm really excited. This is a great series. I've had series. so many people tell me they're listening to it, too. And they I know. Love it. We've been getting a lot of feedback, and um, this is a great series to share with people. Now, there's a reason we're doing this. Um, we're doing this not because being single is a pain point. Although some of you might be like, uh, <laughs> point, well, hello, point, it, it is kind of a pain point. That's not the point of this thing. It's it in and of itself inherently is not suffering, but we want to talk about the different nuances of pain that come out of maybe as a byproduct of, or in the midst of yeah. the season of singleness. And we've been bringing a special guest on at the end of each of these episodes. And that is our podcast Woo-hoo. producer, Taylor. She's going to be Taylor. with us at the end. So you want to stick around and um, listen to us. Uh, talk about this this episode. So it's going to be it's going to be great. And today's episode, we have a conversation with Michelle Donnelly. She's the founder of Agape Moms, which is an online community that encourages single moms. She's also the host of the Single Moms podcast. She's an incredible woman. So good. And Davey, before we dive into um, your conversation with Michelle, I have a review that I want to read. Okay. All right. I love it. You ready for it? Let's hear it. This is a really cool one. Okay. My new favorite podcast. Here's what it says. I read a lot, but always said I never was really into audiobooks and podcasts. Well, more recently, I discovered the Nothing is Wasted podcast through another podcast. Mm. And I would have to say that this may be my new favorite podcast. Listening to Davy's story and his thoughtful articulation with each guest is so spirit-filled and awe-inspiring. Some stories I relate to while others have just been enlightening to hear. If you listen and take away nothing else, hopefully you can see God's deliberate, loving pursuit of everyone through every mm-hmm. circumstance. Thank you, Davy and Aubrey, for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Wow. Isn't that so good? That is good. Aw. I love great. that one. I'm Thank you. I, could... The name says uh, Cam Vichek on that one. So whoever you are, okay. Cam Vichek, thank you so much for that encouraging word. I know. I'm glad we could kind of... Uh, Gets you started on the podcast uh, track if you're not typically a podcast or audiobook listener. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, true. Honestly, I'm not usually an audiobook listener, uh, but I have started listening to a lot of them because I'm driving my kids back and forth to school. And now that things are, you know, relatively opening up, people are driving again. This is a great thing to share with other people. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. We always are encouraged when we read your review and how this is impacting you. Uh, Stick around afterwards, after this conversation that that I have with Michelle Donnelly, because Taylor and Aubrey and I are going to discuss it some more. So let's go ahead and lean in and listen to this conversation I have with Michelle. Michelle, it's so great to have you joining me on the podcast. 
I am so glad to be here. Thanks it's for having me, It's even more uh, exciting to have you here in person. Oh my goodness, uh, you're telling me. Always love having <laughs> someone in person. And uh, coming to the uh, prolific Nothing is Wasted Studios, which just doubles as pretty much everything else. Storage, office, all that. You know exactly what that's like, I know like, exactly right? how that is. It's the podcaster life. <laughs> it is the podcaster life, which uh, that's kind of how I met you. I was mm-hmm. on your podcast. had the privilege of being able to be interviewed there. And then Christy was as well. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we do this? Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and then we'll kind of backtrack because you got into what you're doing um, out of a out of a difficult season. Yeah, and you are probably a quintessential pain to purpose story. I agree. <laughs> and so I'm excited to hear and for our listeners to hear this. Yeah. So I'm Michelle Donnelly. I'm a single mom of three, and I've got girl boy girl, twelve, ten, and three and a half. So I'm in the mix of all of it. We're wow. elementary school and middle school and preschool and all of the things. Wow. Um, but in the middle of that, I also run a ministry for single moms yeah. called Agape Moms. And how you and I met Davey was mm-hmm. through the Christian Single Moms podcast, which yeah. is a show I host weekly. Also had Christy on as mm-hmm. well. And covering all kinds of topics that single moms are looking for help with. Yeah. There's just not necessarily that much devoted material out there for single mothers in the Christian space. And so it's everything. It's healing, it's parenting, it's dating, it's relationship type stuff, just to help single mothers move through this journey. Because as I have seen in my own life, God can take your messiness and turn it into just something so fantastic. And that's what he's allowed me to do through my journey. It's so needed what you're doing. You know, when I met Christy, you know, obviously she was a single mom. Mm -hmm. I was a single dad Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, I wasn't necessarily looking for resources. I think I was still looking for resources on how to, you know, heal and grieve and all of that sort of deal in that season. But what I, what I came to realize when I met Christy is how many single moms she knew that the community was tight. There was a, there was a tribe there, but then also that, um, most single moms are just trying to wade their way through it. They don't know where to the proper handholds are to kind of make their way through and navigate this portion of life. They're just trying to survive in a lot of ways. Yes. And so it's so needed, and uh, I'm so grateful for what you're doing. Um, I'm really excited of list to, about listening. I'm excited to listen to Christy's episode. Yes, because I haven't yet, no, and she yeah. always has really insightful things to say about this. I'm excited to to listen to that, and and I want to point everybody to your podcast, and especially if you're a single mom. I mean, this is just a great resource. But again, as we talked about, this was birthed out of something difficult that you went through, yes. like most of our guests, and so. I'd love for you to just kind of uh, take a, a step back into time and, and walk us through that process of your story and w- what took place. Yeah. So I actually tend to start this story somewhat in the middle yeah. because it's easy to say, I have a survivor story, but what's most important about my journey is what God has done through it. And as I look at my life, this is a lifelong rescue story, Yeah. but one of the most climactic points of the story happens about 10 years into my marriage. And it was something that had been brewing all the way through. I met my ex-husband in high school. And so being very young and being in a relationship, not fully understanding myself or relationship dynamics, I ended up in a situation that was very unhealthy from the get-go. And yet in the midst of that, I just continued to press through. And I think like a lot of women in this situation, you just don't really even know what's going on. You're not totally aware. And when it comes to abusive type situations, there's a lot of confusion that happens. There's a lot 
of deception that happens. So for a woman who might be listening, who's in that spot and is thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I didn't see yeah, this. Right. We all feel yeah, that way. More, yeah, that's, that's completely uh, common mm-hmm. to experience it that way, yeah. But so as I'm struggling for answers and trying to figure out how I move through this and what is my story going to be? How is God going to work through this? About 10 years in, an instance had arisen that caused me to realize that the situation was much worse than I understood. And so at that time, I went to a counselor just on my own. And I said, please help me. I have no idea what to do with this given situation. And she started pointing me in the direction of a few specific authors that wrote about destructive relationships, damaging relationships, and started to start to put language to what was happening. Started to have the ability to identify patterns and to say, okay, I don't want that to be my story anymore. So Mm. I'm not going to play into those patterns anymore. So over the next four-ish years, I was on a very intentional journey on my relationship with the Lord to say, God, I believe that you can fix this relationship. I believe it. And I will be your girl in the midst of this. And I just pressed in hard to my relationship with the Lord and changed the way that I interacted with my ex-husband, changed the way that I interacted with God, and just really, though, was believing for the restoration of the marriage. So at at about the 13-year mark, we moved across country, and very shortly after that had happened, I discovered, again, another snowball of information Mm. of just understanding how different this relationship I was in was from what I thought it was. And these were deal breaker things. These were things that were not going to change. Mm. And ultimately the marriage was over at that point. And so here I am, I'm hundreds of miles away from any friends or family at all. And I'm suddenly a single mom of three kids. And in the midst of this though, God has blessed me (laughs) with this love of journaling Mm. and I took all of that pain and I just started pouring it out, pouring it out in writing. And I started a blog and I just said, Lord, if this could help anybody, these things that I'm learning from what I have read, what you've revealed to me, what your word says and what I see with my eyes and what you've revealed to me, then I want to be used for that. And so I just began a blog and that was how Agape Mom started was just my initial divorce journey through a blog. Wow. You, you've mentioned a couple of things I'd love to kind of take a little bit deeper dives into. One of those is the the patterns that you begin to recognize, mm-hmm. you know, the things that you said uh, you were learning from some authors and stuff that kind of helped you get above the weeds a little bit. Because as you described, it, it is very um, easy for someone in a, an abusive situation to begin to, you know, whether it's because they've been gaslit for so long mm-hmm. or whatever it is, they just they have trouble distinguishing what is reality, what is not. So and true. So that's so common, but you were able to find some, you know, kind of get above those weeds, find some patterns that as you overlaid those patterns you were learning onto your life, you realized, wow, this is parallel with mm-hmm. what's going on. Can you think of a couple of those different patterns and, and you know, it might be helpful to a listener as they're experiencing some of this? Yeah, I think one of the things that's very prevalent is this sense of instability, mm. this sense of... And it, but it comes out differently for all of us. Yeah. For me, the instability turned into hyper vigilance in, in the sense of me having to have everything just proper and just so. Mm. That my kids would be dressed a certain way for church. 
and that I always had to have a vegetable with dinner. Yeah. And it was always that our vacations had to be planned out, that I had the full itinerary, and we're talking like type A to the extreme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always show up in the way you think it's going to as far as the other person's reaction. But again, some of that you can't see because it's confusing. So sometimes you're starting to explain away weird behaviors. You'll see things that you're like, oh, well, but you might take their explanation at face value. Right. But chances are you're seeing something and it goes around and around. And usually what happens is there will be some kind of big moment, big blow up, big something that will happen And then shortly after that, there's this period of apology and working it through and what seems to be reconciliation. And then it moves down into kind of this quiet period, but then comes back into an escalation. The walking on eggshells, another big explosion. And the reason I mentioned though some of that perfectionistic type stuff is you tend to be so focused on how do I fix myself? How do I yeah, make this not happen? Right. How do I control this uncon- like totally chaotic, uncontrollable situation right. that you are missing all of this cycle? And a lot of times what will happen is this person might be engaging you, but you fight back or you respond in a irritated way. And... So there's this impression that this is a 50-50 equation, that this is 50% your fault, 50% my fault. Mm. And so as long as you feel that there's some work that needs to be done for you to fix the thing. Yeah, you'll just focus on that. Then you kind of just keep staying in that situation. must be me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And it takes a little bit more distance Mm. to have the ability to see, even if I do behave rightly, this isn't changing. And that was what God walked me through in those last five years of the marriage was even when you grow spiritually and emotionally and you learn how to respond without losing it, Mm -hmm. this situation is not changing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How how do you discern between, you know, one of the things you said was later you, you, there was a whole slew of information that came out and they they were deal breakers for you. Mm -hmm. Someone's in this kind of a situation and they're trying to discern how do, where do I draw the line between deal breakers and things that are like, you know, this isn't going to change with this person, but, but I can live with this. This is okay. And, you know, and maybe it's, it's a kind of a neutral pattern. It's not like an inherently wrong thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to figure out that line. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, how do you, how do you kind of differentiate those things? You know, I think the thing that is the most critical component of this is understanding is there remorse. That's good, yeah. Because if there's remorse, there's progress. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we miss out on is we'll take these little breadcrumbs of progress and think, oh, look, like the whole thing is changing. Like there's hope. (laughs) And what we have to look at is the grand pattern and understand, does this person want to grow in godliness? Does this person want to grow in their own walk with the Lord? Yeah. And does that match what, the expectation is for our relationship. Does that match what God expects of us? And sometimes really and truly you have to have some distance to see it. Yeah. Because as much as I'm talking about these cycles, a lot of it I could not see clearly until the relationship was over. Mm. And then it was like, how did I miss this? Yeah. But there's a lot of emotion that's there. This is a person right. you love. 
right? This is your whole life. This is your family. It's not easy to just say, oh, well, I'm observing these kind of yucky patterns. And I think I'll just step away from all of this. It's nothing like that. But when you take some separation, you get some wise counsel in there. And that was one of the things that I did not do. I did not have a a wise counsel that was Mm. overseeing this thing with me. I did take a lot of it on myself. Mm. And as I started to get counseling and get help, that's where all the answers came. Yeah. But the word tells us that we have to expose the works of darkness and that truth is in the light. And so the more that we're engaging other voices in this, the more we're going to see what God says is that line. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, You mentioned counseling. That's one of those voices. Mm -hmm. Are there some other specific roles of voices that you need to surround yourself with? And if so, what what, what would you say? Yeah. So I always say counseling is one tool for your toolbox. I think it's essential. Mm -hmm. However, I also think spiritual guidance is equally, if not more so, yeah. essential because Jesus is the one who transforms all of right. us. We can learn all these really wonderful practices and all that stuff, but when it comes to what is going to change our heart and change our yeah. lives and allow us to move forward in freedom, it's Jesus. Yeah. And so we have to have people in our lives who are helping us grow mm. in that walk with Him. And praise God. So as I moved here, you know, across the country, knew not a soul, God started to bring together community for me. And he brought together in the most beautiful way. I just started attending this church. I was invited by my son's piano teacher (laughs) to attend this church. And within the first couple of weeks, I met a woman who was slightly older than me, who'd gone through a similar thing. And so she became a mentor and we would meet every single week and we'd just have a little lunch together or coffee and she would disciple me. And we would just talk about the things I was learning about myself and God and what his approach towards these topics is and just wrestle around those really tough things. And she had had, she'd already been remarried. Mm -hmm. So she had such a different perspective on this whole thing. And I needed that. I needed to know, even if it's not remarriage, I just needed to know that I wasn't going to feel like I was underneath this for the rest of my life. This situation wasn't permanent. Yes. I mean, that's the thing that can get us slipping into depression faster than anything else Mm -hmm. is us thinking or buying into the lie that the current state that I'm in right now is going to be my perpetual state. (laughs) This is how it's always going to be. Right. Right. And she, so her having been a single mom, she was involved in single mom's ministry. She was always dropping things off for me, which, whoo, single mom. It's wow. like, anybody wants to bring me, bring Seriously. me groceries, yeah. <laughs> bring me like right. babysitters, like anything, I'll take it. And she knew that. And so I felt so seen mm. and she would save seat for me at church. So on those Sundays when I had to go by myself mm. and I just wanted to weep right. in the pew, like right. she was there. And... I also was moved into a small group. She had, she was part of a small group and she had invited me to join her. And um, the leaders of the small group were, they're a blended family couple. Mm. And at first, as I'm looking around this group, it's a lot of people who've experienced divorce or remarriage, things like this. And my first inclination was like, I don't like this. (laughs) I don't want to be be associated. Yeah, I don't want to be associated with like these leftover people. Yeah, seriously. So I resisted it for a minute. Yeah. 
And as I resisted, I felt the Lord pull me even stronger back there. Mm. And I found such a home. And my kids found such a home to say, wow. you're not weird. Yeah, There's a place for you in church too. Yeah. And so... With that, though, came a greater understanding of who God is, mm -hmm. his heart for the broken, yep. and that I wasn't a mistake. Right. He right. was going to work in my situation yeah. just as it was. Yeah. Pain is unavoidable. And yet, the primary place I see people get stuck in their pain journey is that they try to avoid addressing it altogether. Recovery starts the moment we choose to take that first step toward wholeness and we lean into the painful emotions. While we believe we have so much to offer as a ministry to help you in your recovery journey, we know there's one area that you need that we don't directly provide, and that is traditional counseling and therapy services. That's why we partner with Faithful Counseling, they are an online worldwide organization that provides virtual counseling from wherever you are. They have licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide traditional mental health counseling from a Christian perspective. You can receive the help you need quickly when you sign up because they match you with a counselor in 24 hours or less. Then you can connect with them anytime via your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. And if your counselor you are matched with isn't a good fit for you, you're able to switch at any time to find someone who better fits your needs. To be clear, Faithful Counseling is not a crisis line, but it can be an incredible resource in your healing journey. It costs $65 per week, and financial aid is available to those who qualify, which you can apply for during the sign-up process. To learn more, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash nothingiswasted. If you sign up through that link only, you'll receive 10% off your first month of counseling for being a part of the Nothing is Wasted community. Again, that's faithfulcounseling.com slash nothing is wasted. And now back to our interview. Those of us who've gone through something really, you know, tragic or some kind of major life transition like divorce or death or, you know, any kind of major trauma that shifts things for us. Uh, initially, we feel like we resent the place that our life has landed, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the lot that was assigned to us, so to speak, because we, many of us kind of picture, you know, this, you know, perfect life that's going to be, mm -hmm. be in our future. And that just usually isn't the case. Um, I say most of us don't aspire to be we, single moms, you know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> on our wedding day, we're not sitting there going, right. wow, I can't wait for the day that I'm a single mom. But I mean, to your point, isn't it amazing the community that you can feel and find in a, in a group of people who are broken, who are trying, who, who recognize mm -hmm. life is not perfect. Mm -hmm. Like we're not trying to put on this pretense, but go, Hey, it's, it's a struggle, mm -hmm. but we're here to hold each other up. Yes. That. There's something so beautiful about that, you know, and I wish the church would, could grab hold of that because you find really great community flourishing in those kinds of spaces and you find really odd, weird community happening in, you know, the places where people are putting on the, like, everything's good. Yeah. Everything's all together. Right. And it, becomes it does like, happen. But I have to say, Davey, I think so much of it is we, as the body of Christ, we got to take it on ourselves, Yeah, you know, because the Bible says that, God comforts us in our afflictions mm -hmm. so we can That's comfort good. other people in the same 
way, which means no one's going to be able to minister to me and comfort me the way another single mom could have. I needed it to be that mentor. I needed it to be these people in this community who got this specific issue. I might have been able to have compassion for you as a single dad, but I don't know what that's like to lose someone who dies, you know? So that deep compassion comes through very specific affliction that God redeems in other people's lives through those very specific things. So as much as, yes, I don't love the idea that I see, you know, marriage courses at church and we see, (laughs) you know, all this kids ministry stuff is like donuts with dad. And it's like, oh my, (laughs) you know, we have to sometimes learn where to step into that Mm -hmm. void. And there was a season where I couldn't do that. And there's a lot of times where we're so broken and so busted, we're not going to do something in terms of starting a ministry. Mm. But when it comes to that one mentor, mm. she just sat with me. We didn't yeah. need it to be a great big old class. It's great. It was her and me yep. having coffee together, talking about Jesus, wow. crying, all the things, wow. you know? Yeah. So in some ways you're, you know, you're challenging us to um, lean into those spaces that are that, that have become our story. You know, mm-hmm. as we're healing through those, we need to comfort others in the same way that we've been comforted. But there might be some people who are listening right now, they found themselves in this season and they're not experiencing that, right? They're not experiencing yep. anybody walking toward them right. or leaning into them. Um, you know, I, I happen to believe that no matter where we're at, no matter what we're experiencing, we always have... And we've got to find a sense of agency. We've got a a choice on what we can. We can't choose what happened to us, but we can choose how we respond. And so even those folks have some kind of a choice. What would you say to them if they found themselves in a space where like nobody's taking a step toward me? Nobody's Mm -hmm. comforting me. You know, I don't I don't know what to do with this. What, what do they do? Sure. Well, as much as I'm saying, oh, I found went to this church and found this great mentor and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. The reason I went to a new church is because I was at a church where I felt invisible. Mm. So I resonate with that. Yeah. I completely understand what it is to walk in, walk out week after week, and not a soul notices you. Yeah. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with those people. God was using that to move me where I was supposed to be. Right, right. So if you're in that place of friction... Ask God what he would have you do. If you pray, I want some people, Lord. Mm -hmm. He's a good father. Mm -hmm. He will help you find those people. Yeah, that's great. And if it is push you out of your comfort zone a little bit, though, if it's join a small group, if it's go to a different church, if it's say hello to somebody that you wouldn't have said hello to. Like there is a little bit of this, as you said, that's agency. Yeah, It may not be you're going to find your mentor person like right off the bat. Right, right. But finding community, it may come in a totally different way. Now I'm in a small group that I'm the only single mom in. (laughs) That would have been too much for me. I know that now that would have been too much for me to walk into a room and be the only single mom. So as much as I resisted this kind of fractured families group, it became the right place for me. So it is a sense of trial and error though. And in that process though, the Lord's going to reveal things to you about yourself that he's put inside you that you didn't know were there. He'll show you capacities you have to grow and push through and meet people and all these kinds of things. If you will put yourself out there, if you will put yourself out there, he will absolutely meet you there. Mm. He absolutely, I have no doubt, will meet you in those steps of faith. That's so great. But if you go into it knowing this step might not work, but God will make one of these steps yeah, work. Something's going to work. You will right get here. there. That's so good. Well, you bring us to a great point. You know, you, there is uh, there's a season for you where you're taking these steps toward the Lord. He shows up 
can you show me and, and, and recount to me some of the ways that he showed up for you, you know, encourage our listeners that, um, I just feel like every time we hear these personal stories of this is how God showed up for me mm-hmm. in the, in the deepest, darkest season of my life. Um, it, 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 it encourages us that God has a personal plan for us as well, that he ministers to us personally, you know, in the ministry of the Holy spirit. And that, you know, I said this the other day at church and I was just kind of thinking about it was this, this idea that he, do, he doesn't repeat miracles, hmm. right? I mean, like even all the blind people that we see uh, documented in scripture that he healed, he healed them in different ways, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You've got like the, and then, and the, you know, in the old Testament with the, the Jericho, the battle of Jericho, right? That was only done once. They didn't go to the next city and right. march around the city six <laughs> right. times. And then, the, you know, on the seventh <laughs> day, they march around seven. It's like, the, it, he keeps wanting to do something new and fresh mm-hmm. in people's lives. And that's why I love hearing, you know, from individuals, this is how God met me Yeah, because it's going to be different for the folks listening than it was for you, but it's going to encourage us all the more that God is very personal. So yes. tell us some of those ways. Goodness. You know, one of the things that's kind of shocking about this whole thing, I mentioned the fact that we moved across the country mm-hmm. and the reason for the move, it was not compulsory. It was a choice. And I felt very much there was going to be some kind of spiritual move Mm. in this move, but Mm. I didn't know what it was. You could sense it. Yes, I felt it, but I had no idea what shape that was going to take. And so I remember in those very early days after the separation had started, I remember kind of defiantly saying to God, well, what are you going to do with me now? Mm. This is my story. Right. I blown kind of it. feels like the Scarlet A, right? I've <laughs> heard Christy sure. describe it like oh, it's that. The big like, well, I like... <laughs> don't want to. I don't want to be the one that walks in with my kids yes. and checks them into yep. church every Sunday, yep. and you know, which I tell Christy, I'm like, that's actually the reason I noticed you, because <laughs> you were walking in by yourself. I'm like, she's got a story, but she doesn't have a ring. So yes. there's and so yes. that made me go, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> that's true. That happens. <laughs> Anyways, um, but so here I have this moment and. When the Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted, Mm. the most clear times that I have heard anything near to the audible voice of God have occurred all in that season, that Mm. very early season. And I heard this whisper to me that was, I'm going to use this right where you are. And I said, okay, I don't know what that means. And fast forward though. So now Agape Moms has grown. It just so happens, right, quote unquote, <laughs> that I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. That's like wow. ministry headquarters the of the United States yeah. <laughs> and meet all these really fantastic people to start learning how to do ministry. Yeah. That as I healed, as I would read the word and pray and grow in my relationship with the Lord, he would reveal more and more things that continue to heal me, heal mm. my kids. And as I would share them with the people in my direct vicinity, I could just see that there was something different about what God had been teaching me that's not covered in books, you know, there's not a lot of material about this particular type of subject and that there was need here. And so as I just continued to take one step after another, you know, it was first, it was the blog and then I wrote a Bible study for single moms and then it moved into the podcast and it's just one layer upon another. It's not that everything I do turns to gold. Mm but I learned something. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of each step in the staircase, I'll meet someone though, who is kind of a pace setter. 
that I can go, oh, okay, well, what, can else, what else can I learn from this person? And now it's expanded where, of course, it's not just people in Nashville. I meet people all over right, the place who right. are doing really awesome things such as yourself. But God knew from the time that I could first write that I wanted to be a writer. He yeah. knew, he put that fire in me, that excitement to write, that right. I love doing it. And I started to hear for the first time compliments that I could finally receive. Mm. That's like, when you write, you're saying There's something, something yeah. that I that stirs in my soul, or you are able to put words to things that I can't even get out of my brain, wow. you know? And so I was first, it was the first opportunity for me to have the ability to listen to that mm-hmm. though, mm-hmm. and to not be under this sh- shroud of shame yeah. that says you're not worth very much. Mm-hmm. You don't have any talents. You're not any different than anybody else. And as that shame broke off though, I could see where this, love to write and this hope that someday I would like write a book or something like that from childhood was starting to come to fruition. But through this path, through this story, I would not be able to do the things that I'm doing without Without this story. I don't know what I'd be writing, (laughs) you know? And so that's always the most thrilling part of this journey is when we say God can use your brokenness for good. It's literally the thing I had to go through and had to experience in order to come out this other side. And I am thankful. Right. Right. In fact, there's an, there's an, um, a fresh anointing that comes out of the the squeezing process. Right. right? I mean, it's just, you know, I I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I just, you know, think about the, the process of olive oil that's squeezed out of it's you the know, crushing, right? The, yep, the yeah. pressing of olives. Mm-hmm. And olive oil is, throughout Scripture, is representative of the the power of the Holy Spirit, this anointing that ends up flowing through us. And so I don't think that's coincidence at all. I think yeah. that was a picture that God put in Scripture for us. Mm-hmm. And I uh, kind of wrote into the narrative of even like where he, you know, where he decided to start the epicenter of everything, right, is is in Israel. And right. there's the Mount of Olives <laughs> and there's the place of pressing. And he demonstrated in the Garden of Gethsemane that while we would not want to walk through this, um, we also find that we, we don't want to walk without this anointing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something like some kind of like wind at your back that you're like, what is happening right now? This feels crazy and exhilarating, and yet I, I hold intention at the same time. I never wanted to like go through this. Right, and I know that I have so much clarity about this now. And the thing I always yeah. want to preface is it didn't always feel like this. Yeah, so good. <laughs> you know, it did not always feel like, wow, Lord, like I see your great big plan yeah. in all of this. There were many, many nights mm. crying, laying on the floor in my closet. Why did you let this happen to right. me? What did I do? I'm so stupid that I couldn't have seen this. You know, all, just all of the what ifs and the whys. Yeah. I wrestled through all of those. Yeah. But that was the beauty of it. Is God was so gentle and so kind in the midst of it all to just reveal mm. his compassion yeah. and his love for me. And it's the first time I ever heard him say daughter to mm. me. And here I'm in my mid-30s, and I've been a Christian most of my life, grew up yeah. Christian, but never understood God as my dad. Wow. And I have a really good relationship with my dad, so I understand what that tie is when, yeah. when we're talking about Jesus using the word Abba. Yeah. 
I understand what that feels like because I have a really good relationship with my earthly father. I know not everybody listening to the sound of my voice has that. And I hate that. But God can give you that regardless. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I felt that invitation that I'm like, I could actually talk to you as my dad. Wow. And when I think about a child climbing up into their dad's lap, you know, and saying, dad, I got picked on at school today, mm-hmm. you know, and that mm-hmm. feels bad. <laughs> yep. Just the images started to come more clear as far as the way that God relates to us. He's not a celestial police officer, right. you right. know, he is so compassionate towards us and he wants us to know that nothing we experience is bigger than him. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. The Pain to Purpose devotional released on July 22nd, and since then we have been blown away with the response and orders from you, our Nothing Is Wasted community. It has been such a humbling experience to see people get their hands on the devotional and to hear how God is using this devotional to meet people in their pain. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support, prayers, and responses to this passion project that I have put my heart and soul into. Now, if you haven't already ordered the devotional, we still have more copies available for you or someone else that is wanting encouragement to get through a valley. Over this 42-day journey, we believe that God can and will meet you in your pain. To start the journey and order your copy of the Pain to Purpose devotional, head over to paintopurposedevo.com and use the code PODCAST to receive 20% off the purchase of the devotional. Again, that's paintopurposedevo.com. And make sure you use the code PODCAST for 20% off. You mentioned um, that this was kind of the first time, too, that you were able to receive some of these compliments and receive words being spoken over you that were speaking more to your potential. Um. In that process, did you find that you had to do some things or that God kind of did some things, you know, on your behalf to help lift some of those, you know, the the, the negative self-talk, the the accusations, you know, I mean, I guess we can call it whatever it is, but yeah. really it's the enemy trying to get you to b- believe lies about your identity. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what did that process look like? And, you know, how much did you have a, a role in that? How much did God, you yeah. know, just kind of swoop in and rescue on rescue you and those things. Yeah. So this, this is kind of funny actually. (laughs) So you would think like in this journey, so you have this divorce, this breakup of this marriage and you're like, you would think, okay, I'm going through this healing and I'm going to learn how to do relationships really well after this. Like I'm devoted to that. I'm reading all these books and all this kind of stuff. Which by the way, I want to acknowledge that when you go through something like this, some of that negative self-talk just is induced by yourself. Like you just think through like, man, I, what did I do? Right. Well, and I have always been hard on myself, even from childhood. So some of it (laughs) is also, it's provoked by, you know, maybe your Mm ex-partner, you know, the words that are spoken over you. So it can be both external and internal that just kind of exacerbates all this. Yes. But so as I start kind of clumsily moving through the dating process, I end up in a couple of situations that are better, Mm. but not good. Mm. And it took a couple of those for me to go, all right, something is wrong here. And I am the common denominator. 
And so I pulled back from it and took a good hard look and started to recognize this propensity in me to just settle Mm. and to sit under what feels easy or what feels familiar, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's actually good for me. Yeah, wow. And Mm. this is the beautiful part of the rescue story and why I always refer to this as a rescue story that was lifelong. God started to reveal to me things that happened in my childhood, bullying I endured, all kinds of different things that Mm. caused me to begin speaking lies over myself that allowed that voice of the enemy to become so, Mm. so familiar. Wow. And... He again, the Lord just so gently though, he didn't criticize me for, yeah. oh, look at you, you you know, messed it up again, right. or you know, that kind right. of thing. He just pulled me so much closer, even in that. Mm-hmm. And I started to recognize I gotta do this differently mm-hmm. for myself, for my yep. kids, for the women that I would encourage. Yep. I don't want to repeat this stuff anymore. Right. And yes, God was so gracious to give me a season where I could say this thing that happened was not good and this was not right and mm-hmm. and this was unjust and those sorts of things. But then he moved me into the season that was, what don't you know about yourself that I know about you? Mm. Wow. So he started to reveal though, these giftings that I had and just the interest that I had. And I kind of, I wrote a blog post about this once, but it felt like God started taking me on dates, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's and awesome. it would just be time with me and the Lord and we'd go hiking and we'd talk oh, together cool. or... I even wrote about a like, time I went to the grocery store and it was yeah. like, I'm going to buy myself my favorite flowers and a favorite ice cream yeah. and all of this. But even the favorites, it was in that moment, God helped me to recognize these things that you love and enjoy. Yeah. I've given this to you. I want you to enjoy your life with me through some of these just very simple things. Yeah. And in that, I started to have the ability to receive. I love that you use that word because that's a word that he has made very clear to me to learn how to receive his love mm-hmm. through accepting how he made me, yeah. silencing those lies from childhood. So what he healed in me was not just what happened in this marriage. What he healed in me has been going on for right. nearly 40 years. Right. And that's so much more than I could have ever anticipated Wow! because I think we walk into it thinking, well, I'm going to fix this broken marriage thing. I'll get a new husband and then we'll all be good. Right, right. (laughs) God is too good to let you have just that. Yep. Even if that turns out to be your story, he wants you to have him. Yeah. Because only he can fill you up. That's good. Only he knows the very minute parts Mm. of you because he put them in you and they're a reflection of himself. Right. Right. My love for these particular flowers, he created those flowers. Yeah. He loves them too. <laughs> you yep. know, so it's just these pieces of himself that he's put inside of us that we can, if we stop just long enough mm-hmm. to appreciate these moments yep. and receive them as, Lord, you put those flowers there this very moment that I would enjoy them with you. If we walked through every minute of our mm. life like that, then the big stuff, yeah, it's going to be hard. Right. But we know he's there. That's right. Yep. That's so good. And you know, whether, whether we recognize that he was there or not, he's been with us since the day we were born walking with, I mean, he was with you during those seasons where you were being bullied, Mm -hmm. where you were beginning to, um, adopt some of that, you know, some of those lies and, and you were experiencing some of that trauma and he was there 
you know? And so I, I love, I just kind of got this picture of when you were talking about him being on dates, like you almost having these flashbacks of realizing that he was on, he was there. You weren't on dates because you weren't really re- recognizing that he was kind of walking with you in that, yes. but you were able to go back and go, God, you remember what that instance was like. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so personal, uh, personal about the Lord. Like I, there's going to be so many people that come and go in and out of our lives and we all want to be understood, right? That's kind of a deep desire. We all want to be understood and we want to be known. And yes, in, in marriages, we can find that kind of being known to a certain degree, but there's still that level that you can't go. Yes. And it's, it's the level that only you and the Lord can go to. That's right. It's this level that like, I remember, you know, after losing Amanda, I was just like, well, God, it's me and you again, mm-hmm. you know, and just coming to that realization, like, but you've been with me and you know how it was walking through this thing and you know how it was walking through this thing and you know what, and now you know what it's like when, as I'm walking through this thing right here. And there was just something about that yeah. bond that happens that Absolutely. when you said mm-hmm. going on dates with God, that's what I thought about. I'm like, <laughs> and that's what I want for every single person listening mm-hmm. Is that kind of an intimate relationship with the Lord that is, you know, this, um, uh, what script, scripture in the original Greek calls it epigonosco, mm. right? It's like this knowing that happens that likens it to a, a husband and wife mm. in, the, in, in just the throes of emotional intimacy, knowing everything about me mm-hmm. and yet loving me yes, in spite of myself and because of so many things that you've put in me. It's that fully known and fully loved. Yes. And when we don't, love ourselves. Yeah. And when we don't know ourselves yeah. because of these lies, we start to look for answers somewhere else outside that's of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what causes us I think often to run to these substitutes mm-hmm. or these things to minimize that hurt. Right. To numb us. Right. So whether that's shopping or drinking or relationships mm-hmm. or whatever, it's because we're searching so hard for a place where we will finally right. feel known and loved. Right. But we're kind of running away from ourselves. That's we're not it. just running away from God. We're actually running away from ourselves because there's something we don't know and we, don't love about we ourselves. We don't like sitting still. <laughs> yes. We don't like, we don't have a peace, yeah. right? That's what we're all looking for. We're looking for that peace yep. where we can just sit still and be totally content. Just me and you, God, mm-hmm. right? I don't need anything else to ch- try to assuage what's going on here. And that's what our whole lives are about yeah. is knowing him, him knowing us and right. enjoying that. Right. And I think in our Christian exercises, we miss a lot of this enjoyment part. Yeah. And so God was so good to teach me what it is to just enjoy him mm. and to be enjoyed, to say this thing I don't like about myself, it's really not what I think it is. Yeah. Or this behavior that I don't like about myself, it's because I'm trying to hide this. Mm. So let's get real about that yeah, that's and good. recognize like, I might feel like I'm beating myself up over this, but you actually love me anyway. Yeah, right. And so when we can start to switch up the talk in our minds and silence those lies, when we have good people who are speaking truth over us and we're saying, oh, mm-hmm. I actually see something in what you're saying. It's a whole yeah. new day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, here's a question I have. I want, I want to ask this kind of from two perspectives. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, we have both women and men listening to this. Um, let's kind of take it from the men's perspective, but I also think it answers the, the, the second question. So here, here's what, if, if I'm a man and I'm listening to this, mm. 
and and I my desire is for my wife or for f- my future wife or someone that I'm dating or, or whatever is to be a safe space. Mm-hmm. Right? My desire is no matter what this person has experienced, no matter what trauma they've gone through, no matter what in whatever way that this this woman I'm dating, this woman I'm married to, whatever is it is exploding out of their mm-hmm. like heightened place of being triggered or whatever is going mm-hmm. on. I want to be a safe space because I want to be a space where she's not feeling this, like what you were describing earlier, this sense of instability mm-hmm. and just like, Oh no, like, and, and didn't recognize what was going on. What do I, what do I do? Yeah. Talk to me about how can I approach this relationship that I'm in to be that safe space? I love that you mentioned this because the minefield after being in an unhealthy relationship that dating is, mm-hmm. it's for real. And triggers are a thing. They do happen. And what that is though, is an invitation Mm -hmm. and it's an opportunity for love and for grace and for healing. Mm -hmm. And so I think the two things that are paramount, the first one is don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. If there's something that is off or she disengages or something shifts, don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. The second thing though, is to not need to fix but to just hold space. Mm. So depending on our reaction to trauma, some of us will want to just cling and we'll just be all over you know, the place and, or let me help you. And you have to recognize yeah. that overhelping is a trauma response. Yeah, right. So if it's she's good. fawning all over you, that is like actually a sign that <laughs> she might need you to kind of say, hey, what can I do for you? Yeah, or yeah. not say it, just do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. A lot of times you're looking right. for permission to do something nice for somebody. And it's right. like, no, just step into that space. Yeah. Um, But if she is one that would rather process on her own and kind of pull back a little bit, again, by not taking it personally, it's the ability to say, hey, I'm just going to let you know I'm right here Mm. and I am not afraid of the stuff that you're dealing with Mm. and I'll help you in whatever way that you like. But I will wait for you to move back in my direction because I don't want to push you. That's great. And I think we just have to know which one, you know, that you're kind of engaged with because I think we tend to fall in one pattern or another. Yeah. But... It's just to say that that healing work, that compassion, the healing work is done by God, not by you. Right. And so right. you can take all that burden off yourself yeah. <laughs> to need to save her or rescue her right. or whatever. All she needs is someone to walk side by side with her. It's her work to do. It's her work with the Lord to do yeah. whatever she's going through. Yeah. But for her to know that she is loved yeah. and accepted yeah. for her trauma and her triggers and all of that kind of stuff. But you can also set boundaries, right? So there's perfectly reasonable to set a boundary that is, you know, um, this is happening a whole lot and I just don't want to see you hurting so bad. Like if she's resistant to counseling, for example, to say, would you consider that? Mm. You know, and it's okay if you have to say, if this person doesn't want to move forward in their healing, you may have to make an adjustment end up in a different situation. Yeah. Now, granted, we're talking about dating. Right, right. <laughs> if you mentioned somebody's married, yeah. it's a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but I think boundaries are important though yeah, too because good. there's this aspect of ownership that has to happen. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when you've been in these kinds of situations, um, 
I use that word victim only to say there was somebody who perpetrated something right. and somebody who was the, on the receiving was on end. The receiving end. Right. But it's up to you whether or not you want to retain that label that's right. or if you want to be empowered yep. to say, I'm moving forward. Yeah, so if you're in a relationship with somebody who's engaging that process, then it's all to say, how do I help with ensuring you are the one who is making that choice for yourself, for your life, mm. not for me, not for anything else you're trying to earn right. by doing it. Right. And so I think if we're just sensitive to that experience and saying, this is something between this yeah. other person and the Lord, but I wanna be a supporter. Yeah. As long as it's something that there is healthy communication and some healthy boundaries around, then I think that there's a lot of healing that happens in right. relationships. Right. Um, but I think just being real about fears and mm -hmm. discomforts and all that kind of stuff just makes us so much more aware of yeah. how we want to move forward. Yeah. yeah. This is, by the way, you're listening to this. This is absolute gold. What Michelle is saying, because <laughs> it's so true. Those two things that you said, don't take it personally, mm -hmm. which I will say as men, it is very easy to take things personally. Mm -hmm. We are at the end of the day, we're just all very insecure and we're very defensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> we have to, in our own, you know, right. We have to be able to find our identity in the Lord and go, you know what? Like, it's okay that this, I mean, this might feel like an attack. This might feel personal. Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah. There's something else going on here. And yep. so can I just downregulate and dismiss myself and my own pride to be here for somebody else? And this you is know? where I've learned so much from counseling, that anger often is a secondary emotion. It, it means yep. there's something else underneath there's that. So if she pops one. off and becomes very right. irritable or angry, it's so good to step into that moment and say, hey, is there something you're feeling something right now? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And to have the ability to call that out. But in yourself too, if you're right. angry, there might actually be a legitimate reason. Maybe yep. this person's stuff, like if this is a dating type scenario, maybe this person's stuff is not far enough worked out where it's a good idea for you all to be in relationship together. And that's why those boundaries are so important is right. to say, is this relationship causing the two of you to walk in step towards God and the things he has for you? Yeah. Or is this becoming about this relationship? Yeah. And that it's pulling us away from the things that God's called us to. Yeah, it's good. That's so good. So I would be remiss not to ask you, especially we're in the singleness series mm -hmm. and you know, you've been in a season of being a single mom. Uh, I'd be remiss not to ask you about dating while we're on the topic. And um, there's lots of single moms who are listening to this right now. And they're asking the same question. They're like, Lord, do you have something next mm -hmm. for me? Do you have, and they're trying to navigate those really tricky waters in 2021. Yes. <laughs> oh dating. my goodness. <laughs> you know, it's, it is so crazy. Right. Yes. And so what, what are some pieces of advice, some counsel that you would give as you're walking this out yourself? Yes. Things that you've learned, what to do, what not to do, um, to navigate this, this, single season and, and, and the dating scene and all of that stuff. Yes. So I know it's so unpopular to think like, put the Lord first <laughs> and like, sounds like so. So cliche, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. But it's usually a reason there's cliches. <laughs> right. But there's something so incredibly beautiful we miss because of the cliche. Mm. And as we've talked a little bit about, you know, the Lord stripping back all of this painful stuff that had been this lifelong pain that I've been right. suffering with and how good he's been in revealing his callings for me as I've been able to move this through into ministry. Not everyone's going to be called to start a podcast or do something right. on that scale, 
But what you have experienced is meaningful. Yeah, It's meaningful for your neighbor or the woman at church, like who was my mentor, right? Her suffering was meaningful for right. me, right. for me. She doesn't have a podcast probably, no. right? <laughs> she doesn't have this full-fledged ministry. No, no, no. you wouldn't be here without her. Without yes, her. yes, yeah. absolutely. And so we first can grab onto though, this beautiful connection we have with God is because he created us on purpose mm. for a purpose. And your whole life has a meaning. Yeah. And when you can grab onto how incredible that is, it's incredible the God of the universe would entrust us with anything. Yeah. He doesn't need to do that. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but that he would give us abilities and anointings to do these things to encourage other people. We get to experience him more yeah. and our life becomes so rich and so full. And so when you're working first in the direction of what he's put you here for and who he's put you here to connect with and to minister to and those types of things, the rest falls in line so right. much more beautifully. Right. When I look at what that looks like practically for a single mom, ministry we tend to think of as something is organized in a church, mm. something that's very structured our families are ministry. Our yeah. children yeah. are one of the most significant ministries we could ever yeah. get, gain in our lives. Like, There are very few opportunities we'll have in the rest of our lives right. to speak into the lives of people to influence them yep. that they would choose a relationship with yep. the Lord. That's a huge honor that God would give us to do that. We don't see that when we're like wiping right. noses and picking up toys and having <laughs> it doesn't feel that way. Kids like arguing with us and all this kind of stuff. But it's really beautiful because as we're shaping them, God shapes us and then we shape them and yep. it's just it goes yep. around and around. But this ministry of motherhood is such an honor and it mm. doesn't ever get the credit I think that it should even from ourselves yeah. to to acknowledge that it is so. Yeah. And so when you even think about practically how that looks lived out, that means then when you're walking into a dating scenario, if this is my calling, mm -hmm. if these children are an inheritance from the Lord, I want an investment partner, right, right. <laughs> you know, to right. use business terms. Like <laughs> I want someone who's going to invest That's in it. them That's good. and who's going to up my game mm -hmm. in this ministry I've already been called to. If you're ever engaging with somebody who's not helping you do that or is making you focus more on them and their stuff, it can't be something that is going to match that calling. Right. And God is not going to ask you to sacrifice the calling of your kids yep. to the attention of this man. Yeah, that's good. So it's understanding though, whatever those purposes are, and you could start with your kids, but as we move into the time that he's placed you in, in all of history, the location he's placed you in on this planet, yep. there's a reason for it. That's right. every stitch of it. That's right. And for us to get curious and excited and explore mm -hmm. that and think about how does my love of painting, you know, fit <laughs> into this? It doesn't yeah. mean you're going to teach art to kids. Right. As a ministry, it might, right. but it may also just end up like with my son's piano teacher. That was a ministry opportunity. Right. He right. was not just teaching my son piano. He right. was a male mentor figure at a time where my son yeah. needed so one. Wow. And so it's just looking at these different avenues as places that we get to 
display, but also experience God. And so then the dating thing kind of comes just out of that though. Your <laughs> life becomes so full, so rich yep. that it's like, oh, well, if I'm going to do this, like it cannot be a waste of my time. Yep. Like my life is very good and very full. So <laughs> if you're not going to add to this whole equation, like, sorry, you know, and, but it just helps you with boundaries, so helps you to become so much more aware of what is a good fit for you, right. what is a good fit for your children, for the life that God's given you. And that's the way you want it to yeah. roll. And really you get both because I think the thing we end up shortchanging ourselves in is if we are seeking this dating relationship, right. we're missing everything else. Right. But if we're seeking after the things that God's already assigned to us, we'll find so much fulfillment. And then if he wants to bless us with a relationship on top of that, how fitting it would be right to meet someone who's already in your lane, who's already so, passionate yep. about the things you're yep. passionate about. So it's like, if you want to find that person, right. if you want to find that man who's on fire for God, he's going to be looking for a woman who's on fire yep, for God. Exactly. So <laughs> go after what your, your life is really all about. It's yeah. you and God, and God will take care of the rest. Mm, that's so good. You're saying you, you need to do whatever healing work that needs to be done. You need to fulfill the the ministry and the calling that God has placed on your life, even right now in this season, mm -hmm. so that your life is full now. Absolutely. Not full contingent on something, you know, God bringing someone else nope. into your life, something else in your life. It's full now. And then as he chooses to bring somebody into your life, that just becomes the icing on the cake. Right. It's and like I it's full now that it becomes fuller. As we define what full now means yeah. though, I know many of you are listening to me and going, my life is full. Like <laughs> I am to I am the brim. <laughs> I am working. I am running these kids yeah, around. Yeah. I don't have any more room for this quote unquote yeah, ministry, no. but that's not, it's not an extracurricular thing. Right. If he has put you in the office that you're right. in, I was in an office environment where I made friends with someone just because she saw that I was reading the Bible at lunch. Yeah, yeah. And we ended, God ended up meeting both of us mm -hmm. in this relationship and had this beautiful friendship that was birthed out of the fact that I was just being faithful yeah. to my relationship with God and happened to not be afraid to do it in my workplace. Right. And so it's things like that, where it's mm -hmm. like, just look where you're already planted. Mm -hmm. And if you are downtrodden, if you are so stressed out and depressed and upset mm -hmm. that this is your story, I get you. Yeah. I have absolutely 100% been there there's still some good in whatever it is. If you're sitting on the sideline watching your kids play sports, mm -hmm. being the mom who is like so engaged, not on her phone, cheering them on, like that's your ministry, you know? That's it doesn't great. always have to be that we're like trying to figure out who can I convert and who do I right, need to right, like disciple right. and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like just allowing yourself to experience the Holy Spirit yeah. And being the light of Christ, like through your everyday life yep. is as simple as where it can start. Right. That's so good. You're, as you were talking, I was thinking of Acts 17, where Paul's in Athens. And he literally says uh, almost verbatim what you were saying right there, um, where he says, uh, so uh, let me say right here. Okay. God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if as if he needed anything rather he himself gives himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. And then it says from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history mm -hmm. and the boundaries of their land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in other words, like he put you here where you're at strategically in 
all of the pl- times of history that he could put you in, all the places he could put you in, and all the geographical regions and locations and, right. and family units. He did it strategically. And it says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. Right, right. And then it says, for in him, we live and move and have our being. And that's, you know, that's exactly, you know, everywhere we are, where we are, if we get planted there and if we say, Lord, what, what is it that you, what ministry do you have for me right here? Mm-hmm. What, what, in what way can I serve other people? God will meet you in that space. Absolutely. And he'll begin to redeem your story and he'll begin to put some pieces back together as you're serving other people out of your story. And I think the thing we have to recognize is these are small steps of obedience yeah. and sometimes it's going to feel like you're forcing it. Right. Sometimes... The last thing you want to do <laughs> is be like Mary Sunshine at your kid's sports yeah. game. Mm-hmm. But pray in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Ask God to give you the desire yeah. to want to enjoy that moment. That's good. You don't have to manufacture this all on your own. Mm-hmm. And those little prayers as you go... You start to see his faithfulness yeah. and you're like, wow, he showed up in that actually, right. you know, like <laughs> oh, I was late and there was a parking spot, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he does That's that. So he cares good. about all those teeny right. tiny little things. And so prayer journaling has actually been huge for me in this journey too, to write the things down. My mind is a very busy place. So as I write down the things that I'm praying for and I see him answering them, then the faith grows and it becomes yeah. so much easier to go, well, he showed up for this. So why wouldn't he show up for this? And when we also know that scripture says that it is God who wills and works in right, us right. for his good pleasure, right. he gives us the desire to do the things that make him very pleased. And so we don't have to wonder and grab at straws and do all of this stuff when we just will at least get ourselves quiet. Right. And we'll devote ourselves to at least believing yep. maybe there's yep. something to this. Yep. He can take that little, just <laughs> tiny glimmer yep. of faith and grow it into something right. so large. That's right. That's so good. Well, Michelle, this has been an incredible conversation. You have tons of resources out there, lots of content, your podcast, all this. How can we follow what uh, the Lord's doing through Agape Moms and, yes. and through you? So loneliness is one of the big focuses for the ministry. Single moms, this is a huge thing that we deal with. So as much as I'm talking about the fulfillment of your life, yeah, it's real. You're still going to feel lonely. Absolutely. But loneliness is something that you can still experience even if you're in a relationship. And I know a lot of you have been in unhealthy relationships. Know some of the loneliest times in your life came when you were actually in close close proximity to somebody. And so one of the things that we start to unpack is the sense of chronic loneliness and where does that come from? The sense of unfulfillment and what are some of the mindsets that we might have and then some of the ways out to discover that full life. So some of these things that we're talking about. And so I have a quiz called What's Your Loneliness Type over at agapemoms.com forward slash quiz. And so it just gives you the ability to start diving a little more into some of these things that we've been talking about. That's great. Um, But also I'm over at Facebook and Instagram at Agape Moms and then weekly on the Christian Single Moms podcast. Love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for letting the Lord, um, you know, receiving what you did and letting him leverage your story into something that's helping and benefiting so many people. Again, I'll say, I'll say this again, as I said it before, is a much needed um, work in this kind of space. And so thank you for what you're doing. And uh, thank you for who you are. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's been such a joy.
Wow, I loved that conversation with Michelle Donnelly, Davey. That yeah. woman is a woman of spirit-filled wisdom yeah, she right is. there. She is. What, the thing that stood out to me, and I mean, a lot of it stood out to me, but when she was specifically talking about dating and kind of her own boundaries and her own, um, I, I guess, expectations for dating is reminding our listeners that you don't settle for somebody less than who God has for you because mm. we know who we are in Christ, how loved we are, yeah. how known we are, um, that God has given us a purpose and a mission and a vision for our life. We date someone who fits into that, not someone yeah. who squashed that. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. stood out to me because I feel like in my, my friendships, uh, and Taylor, I would love to hear you speak to this, but my friendships, people in our church, I see men and women settle so often because of loneliness mm-hmm. or because of feeling like, oh, there's not enough men or women out there. Um, but she kind of, I think, reminded all of us, like, no, let's not settle for anything less than what God has right. for us. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah. Good. She made she made such a good point to dive in. It's something that I say a lot, too. It's like, I'm going to just keep living my life. I'm going to keep doing what God is calling me to do. I'm going to do the next right thing, yep. as Emily P. Freeman says. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to, you know, God will show up in that. And it's not... I feel like if you are kind of getting off track or trying to look to the left or the right in that like race that you're running, that's when it's easier to settle. Right. It's easier to be like, okay, well, I'll just like, I'll go backwards a little bit in the race or I'll, I'll go over to the sideline for a little bit and and pick somebody up over Mm -hmm. there. (laughs) But if you're on track, then it's, then that's the, where the confidence comes from is running that race with God and what he is wanting you to do for your life. And I think, um, it was making me think actually when I was listening to the episode that, uh, you know, about the lies that we believe in singleness. And I think settling is one of those lies mm-hmm. that, that, that mm. is that we're going to have to settle. Like right. that's the lie that Satan kind of feeds us. Um, I think yeah. another lie is what we talked about in some of the previous episodes of the lie of scarcity, yeah. that there's not enough people out there or there's not enough of right. godly people out there. I think we believe the lie that we're not enough or that we're too much in a relationship. I always fall into the too much category. (laughs) Is that too much? No, Taylor. Which, by the way, I don't know if this is you or if this is Christy rubbing off on Natalia, our our daughter. She she'll like get all like excited and stuff, and then she'll look at us and go, "Was that too much?" Was that too much? <laughs> that's really? that's like the entirety of my life. Old and yeah. you already are having the insecurity that you yeah. might be wow. too much. There's the not enough for the wow. too much, yeah. which is just an innate insecurity that I think we all have in general, but especially in sure. relationships yeah. like that. Um, and then I think another lie that we believe in singleness is just kind of um, the lack of fulfillment that like we can't find fulfillment outside mm. of a relationship. Mm. I think that that mm. is um, Satan kind of plays that record in my head a lot. Yeah. Um, another one wow. is kind of that I, the lie of like I, idealism that, um, you know, being in, in a relationship is better than not being in a relationship. Right, right. So like the grass is greener on the other yeah. side kind yeah. of lie that, right, you know, right. everybody that's married has it better than I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which we know is not true. Um, right. and yeah. then I think, you know, the less valuable lie, um, which is something mm. that, again, we've talked about in this series that churches kind of make us feel sometimes that if we're not married, then yeah. we might be less valuable, um, right. maybe in the kingdom of God or in the church or the body of Christ. Um, and I think uh, the lateness is a lie that comes up a lot yeah. that maybe I'm I'm late in the game that, yeah. you know, I'm 29 mm, now. Wow. I should have been married wow. by now. Right. You know, if I was in the track of 
society or what, you know, people say that, that this should have happened. And I'm late. I'm behind the game. Like my friends are not only married now they're having babies. So now I'm two steps behind. Um, Mm, and I think that that's a lie that plays a lot. And then that's real. Yeah. And then I think the final lie is the lie that you said, Aubrey, that you mentioned a little bit ago about why people settle. And that's the lie of loneliness. Yeah. That mm. that without being with a partner that we're lonely when, again, something we've mentioned is that you can be lonely and yeah, married. Right. Right. If <laughs> right. you marry the wrong so person, true. you're yep. even more miserable. Right. right. If, you, if you settle <laughs> yeah. in this case. And I think it all boils. I mean, I hate to be reductionist in this, but this is this really boils down to trusting the Lord that mm-hmm. what he has right. for your life, whether it's uh, in a time of him pouring out what, you, you know, part of your what you've desired in your heart if it's a season where he's pouring it out into your life, that's exactly what he has for your life. And that's exactly right. And good. If it's a time where he's withholding, yeah. that's exactly right. And good. Yeah. And it just comes down to yeah. trusting the providential nature of God. I, I heard Crawford Loritz, who's a pastor in Atlanta say this one time and it has stuck with me. And it, I keep going back to it over and over and over when I have this place where I feel like kind of uneasy about maybe where I'm at or what I could have or what I don't have that he says, no mortal man can steal from you what God has intended for you. Yeah. So just mm. because like things are happening externally outside of you, it cannot rob or thwart the plan that God has for you. Yeah. The only person that yeah. can is is our own distrusting nature that yeah. can cause like mm. these detours or these, you know, it's like God going, I well, I, yeah. I have this plan for you, but I gotta I gotta work these things out of you first mm-hmm. before I can like bring you into this space. And so I just think trusting the providential nature of God, it seems so simple and yet it's so difficult. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a good point. I was actually listening to Annie F. Downs podcast the other day and she was saying, nobody is married to my husband right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, hmm. like, wow. wow. That's not, you know, nobody else is living the life that God had for me. Like that's what right. I'm living. Right. Like, nobody stole that from her. No, there's nothing, you know, there's no, God doesn't make mistakes like right. that. Right. And so it's, yeah. it is the trust factor. It's yeah. trusting that God is working everything together for our good right. um, and for his glory. And that is so difficult to do nowadays when everything we do is we look to the right and we look to the left and compare ourselves to other mm-hmm. people. Right. Isn't it's, that true? It's what you yeah. guys were saying, this, this idea of like, I mean, I think about he who puts his hand to the plow and looks mm. back is not fit for the kingdom. Well, when you're plowing yep. as a farmer, if you look sideways too, you start mm-hmm. you start realizing that your rows are going to be very crooked. Yep, you're going to get off track. And yeah. you're going to get off track. And so I think that right now we are so inoculated in today's culture with Instagram and with, I mean, I don't know, just, do people use Pinterest still? Like all this <laughs> kind of stuff, right? Where <laughs> all, like, all the things that we can look at everybody else's totally. life and we can think that they're totally. living TikTok. a better life than we are. Right, right, right. Yeah, all the things. So I think what stuck out to me... Instead of the call to trust the Lord, like you were saying, Davey, go ahead. Keep your eyes focused on him and trust the Lord and keep walking in a straight line toward him. And then to your point, at that point, like... You'll, someone will be, the right person will be right next to you. Yeah, they'll just kind of be there. If yeah. that's what God has for you. You know, we really enjoy um, in our passion, our crusade is to help you listeners partner with God to take back your story. One of the things that Michelle talked about quite a bit was this idea of like a mentor, she called a mentor or spiritual director. She literally said someone who has been through this before mm-hmm. and can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly why we created uh, coaching with a certified guide. That's exactly what, because there are yeah. people that we're connected with that we've been so blessed to be connected 
through the podcast or through other different mediums where we, we now have certified them. They've walked through what you're walking through right now and they can help you. They can help you know what pitfalls to look out for, what, what your propensities might be in this season. And so you should definitely go to nothingiswasted.com slash coaching if you want to check that out. But you can also check out all the other things that we have available to you um, in order to help you partner with God to take back your story, the pain to purpose course. You can look at that for individuals, for churches. Uh, you can join our community platform, all of that at nothingiswasted.com. We also want to mention Sleeping at Last, who provides all of the incredible music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. You can listen to his music wherever it is you get your music. We also want to invite you to follow us on Instagram at Nothing is Wasted Ministries, at Davey Blackburn, at Obsamp, and of course, at Taylor Carlier. Yeah. That's C-A-R. That's C-A-R-L-I-E-R, in case you're wondering. Taylor, thanks for joining us. Yeah, that's right. This is Taylor's last time. Taylor. This is the last yes. single series. It's Thank you. It has been incredible to have you as part of this singleness series, Taylor. Thank you. Guys, it's been such an honor, and I really appreciate, you know, I'm behind the scenes a lot, and it was just so much fun <laughs> to be with you guys and talk um, on the podcast. So thanks, Nothing is Wasted Family, for letting me jump in this series, and I hope to come back another time. Well, listen, Nothing is Wasted Family, you got to know that Taylor is the genius behind all of this podcast stuff. So yeah, she although is. you're working That's behind right. the scenes mostly— <laughs> telling you this does not exist without you. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for what you've done on air. And um, next week, we're going to jump out of the singleness series. We're going to step into some new content uh, with a conversation we have with Amy Ford. So why don't we go ahead and listen to a little clip of my conversation with Amy. I found myself with an unexpected pregnancy when I was 19. And um, even though I even went to a Christian private school, I knew abortion was wrong. I was terrified. Mm. I was scared of what my parents were going to say. I was, I thought my life was over. The father of the baby felt the same way. We both just felt like our lives, you know, the enemy lies to you and tells you right. like the worst case scenarios of what could possibly happen. And so because of that, we had decided, well, let's just have an abortion. We'll deal with the consequences of a broken heart later. Um, and so we went, we paid for it. We went to the abortion clinic. And when I went in to have the procedure done, the nurse, I ended up um, just passing out all of the emotions and everything that I had kind of stuffed down to try to just get through yeah. that moment. They basically erupted in that room and I had a panic attack, anxiety attack, fainted. Um, and when I came to, the nurses were fanning me, trying to give me a drink of water. And they said, you're too emotionally distraught to make this decision today. Mm -hmm. You can come back another day, but today you're not getting an abortion. Mm -hmm. 